Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Concerning about when you don't win games and then also, you know, just I feel our staff's got to do a good job, a little bit of creativity, which we I feel we haven't done. Um, and you got to get the ball in the hands of the guys that score. And uh, we have to do that. That's a problem. And James, you know, James, was you can tell last week, was not full speed. And uh, hope to get him full speed this week. So we had James Robinson on the show last night on Jack's Report Live Sneakers in Jack's Beach every Monday. He was really good again. And, you know, we're kind of toying with that idea I was talking about on the show. And, Austin, uh, you weren't on the show yesterday, but I kind of brought up because I think Urban Meyer's thinking about this. Like, he, he, the way he's talking, you can tell he's kind of thinking about this. Are we better off shutting him down for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Because then we can make sure he heals. Like, he's toughing it out. We appreciate that. We respect that. Uh, and we were trying to get trying to get James last night on the show to be like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. He wouldn't budge, man. Yeah. That guy, all he wants to do is play football. He does not want to be on the sideline. Yeah. He's a <clears throat> tough-nosed dude. And, and uh I mean, that's just not the nature of it. If I ask you that, if I... But there is a time, like, there's this old adage in sports, like, uh, I don't even know what the adage is, but there's old, this old thought in sports that, like, what percent do you have to be where you're now hurting the team rather than helping the team? You know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, sure, nobody's 100%. But if you're really, like, 50% or 60%, are you hurting the team rather than being 75% or 80%, you know? And yeah. I think that question is being floated around that building right now with James Robinson because he does not look the same. I mean, the, the question is then, is is he still the best running back when he's out there? Yeah, I know. And I still think he is. is I mean, he I mean, I know, I don't know. I know everybody like maybe, hates Carlos Hyde around here. but Maybe you're not going to benefit in the run game that much right now with where he's at in terms of his injury. But then you bring a third down back in, you bring a Carlos Hyde in, and that's okay. Like, I honestly feel better with James Robinson at 70%, 75% than I do at Carlos Hyde or anybody else right now in that backfield. If it's third and one, third and short, I still trust James Robinson more than anybody. Yeah, I know. I just don't know if that's really a fact. Like, I don't know. Like, he... Even he admits he's not getting the push, right? He's not yeah. breaking tackles. Well, now, he got across on the one-yard run for the touchdown, which I actually argued with him yesterday on the show. I said, hey, listen, if you want to help Trevor out, you'd say in the play, hey, don't give it to me. You yeah. need a touchdown. You Did haven't it. thrown one since Halloween. Or, or just do a QB sneak. <laughs> Show off that mobility a little bit, you know? We're going to get some touchdowns thrown for Trevor, though, to make it look better. No, but, I mean, but if you want to run some, too, be dual threat. I mean, just any kind of touchdown to Trevor Lawrence right now would be fantastic. Okay, well, so we're both on the same page here. We don't know, right? We don't know if James Robinson right now is the best option at running back. So if we can sit here and say that we don't know if he is or not, well, then it's James Robinson's decision as far as I'm concerned because he's the best thing that your offense has right now. If he wants to play, I'm not going to be the guy that says don't play then. Yeah. And, and they shouldn't be either because no, keep in mind, th this is a guy who is obviously hard-nosed, wants to play the game, who kind of took one for the team last year when he was asked to sit out for a couple games because, well, you know, he had some sort of injury, but it was also the fact that maybe you're trying to lose some ball games for Trevor Lawrence. So you felt like that was a guy last year who, you know, took one for the team, who could maybe went against his belief system and said, I'll help the team out, I'll sit out these games, and also sacrifice some money as well because his player performance bonus wasn't as high sitting out those games. So if we're talking about this season and he wants to play, I'm not going to be the guy that stops him. Yeah, I, and I hear you. Listen, I say, uh, listen, we have James on each and every Monday night, and, and I love the guy. And I said it to him. I'm like, I, I kind of like, 
I'm really all I'm thinking about here are two things. One, I want Trevor Lawrence to get better. Yes. And and I want the Jags offense to look like an offense. Yes. And right now it's hard to see Trevor getting any better with the way their offense is functioning. So that's one. But two, one of my primary objectives is to get uh, James Robinson paid. Like I yeah. think after this season, I think the Jags are going to pay him. And and I so I want his numbers to be good. I want his touchdowns to be good. I want them to feel really good about him. I'm not sure this regime felt great about James Robinson going in. Shame on them for that. Because James Robinson's a huge part of this well, offense, yeah. right? And I think getting Carlos Hyde was a sign that they maybe didn't trust in James Robinson yeah, as much ETN as the previous and all those regime. Things. Now, yeah. ETN gives you something different. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. that said a lot about James. But the bottom line is, I think the lack of speed, you know, I think uh, the tunnel vision of speed, 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 and James not having, like, the speed put them, it's not that they didn't like James. It just gave them some reservations about, all right, is he going to do this again? Does this make our offense really go boom, yeah. right? Well, the bottom line is we know, James Robinson's the only one that makes the offense go. Forget about boom. Like, just go. Yeah. And so they have learned that, and I think they know that, and they respect him way more now than they did probably then. But I'm like, hey, 12 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown, 12 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown last week against the Colts. Mm -hmm. James, if I'm your agent, I'm like, hey, just go sit for two weeks. And bring it to me the last five weeks of the year, like 130 yards, 120 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Do your thing once you're better. But plot a wrong for seven weeks at 12 carries for 58 yards. I, I can't get you paid but, as much. Yeah, no, and and that might be the, the point. But also, Brent, if he wants to be out there and play, his teammates are going to see that. His coach is going to see that, and maybe that helps him, too, in terms of, wow, this guy really wants to play for us. This guy really wants to be here. So you have some sort of leverage from the other standpoint, saying, well, he's playing through an injury right now, but he refuses to go out because he cares this much about the team. So sometimes that kind of philosophy can get you paid as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I a think, tough spot, though, isn't it? Well, it's a hard spot because even if James Robinson was healthy right now, I think you have defenses that are game planning to stop him. Absolutely. And, and you have defenses that are saying, we dare Trevor Lawrence to beat us. And, and right now it's not happening. It's simply, it's not happening. So whether James is 100%, whether he's 80%, 70%, like... I, I don't see a lot of, you know, three touchdown games, 200-yard games of James Robinson just because I think that the whole goal right now for teams is to stop James Robinson, and that's it. Yeah, but at least if he's if he is healthy, they have to game plan for something to stop. Like, that makes them better. I always said this about Fournette. This is why people don't give him credit that, that rookie year, is they had to game plan for something. So yeah. they had to put eight guys in the box. And what did that open up? Play action, other plays down the field, all this other stuff. Right now, the Jags can't feed anything off the run game because there's not a respect right now for James Robinson's health mm -hmm. and production, nor is there for Carlos Hyde. And they're like, ah, whatever, we'll just deal with but, the run game. Yeah, but this is a, this is a classic example, though, in San Francisco because look at San Francisco. They're done what? They're two starting running backs, and, and, and they can still make it work. Whether yeah, they make it work Sam because they're making it with Debo. Well, yeah, but it's Debo. But, I mean, I think, uh, not so, was it Sermon? No, uh, Mitchell. Elias Mitchell's in or not? The, the running back that played. Yeah. I mean, he, he did all right, too. But it's, it's like, okay, right? But, I mean, it was serviceable. Yeah. Like, it, I don't think they really missed a step by losing their starters, so. But their reason, the reason they played well, I mean, in my opinion, was because of Debo. He carried it eight times for 79 yards. Well, yeah, I mean, Debo was a big contributing factor that, uh, yeah, George Kittle had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk had a good game as well. I mean, it was a lot of the Jaguars just, you know, beating themselves and anything, and, and defense in terms of just lining up wrong and not being ready, and I'm sure you guys talked all about that. But my point is, all right, James Robinson, not 100%. Well, then what can you do to try to 
you know, bring some kind of spark in the backfield. What I mean, you have LaVisca Chenault. I don't know if you can use him in some capacity. He's got to hang on to the football, obviously, so I don't know how much you trust him right now. Yeah, He's regressing, it seems. Yeah. So the, 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 there's a lot of... There's a lot of red flags right now uh, on this Jaguars offense where you're just you're not too sure of how it's going. But then you, you got to bust through that and you got to find new ways to reinvent yourself and, and bring that spark. And right now, you know, if you're not confident in James Robinson, if he is hampered a little bit, if he is limited by what he can do, you know, with his injury, well then give him give the team something else. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, we'll see what they do. I think it's an interesting. I think they're asking themselves that in the building. Uh, no doubt about it. So, uh, hey, I want to talk about your fight a little bit more. Yeah. Let's, uh, you, you, we went through this a little bit yesterday. You called in. Um, how they, whoever is in your corner, by the way, did a good job fixing your eye. In oh, Oregon yeah, because, yeah. Because in the first round, yeah. you got a little blood. It, I it, did. it wasn't like the last, the one fight, a handful of fights ago where you no, got cut no, above the yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's really what we're thinking. Like, again, I'm very novice yeah. uh, at this stuff. But, yeah. you know, that other fight, you yeah. are getting beat up in that other fight. No, it was You got just an elbow to the eye, and then blood comes, and, and then the ref stops and all that stuff, right? Well, and there's maybe 70% of refs that would have kept that going, and, you know, 30% that would have stopped it. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Um, I should have tried to get better position. Yeah, so, you know, this past Sunday, um, once again, didn't play my walkout music, so off to a rough start uh, when we got to the cage. But, you know, it was a situation where we kind of knew what, what to expect. Obviously, I didn't want to get taken down the way that I did, um, but I felt very calm out there. I felt very calm, very collected, and, you know, it was just it was a matter of time before I'm like, all right, either he's going to try to get super aggressive and try to put me out when he happens, then I can try to reverse it, or I can try to, you know, go for something, but if he's just going to lay on top of me, I'm not going to try to change my position because he's on top of me. He's supposed to be doing something, and he really wasn't. So it, it was more about me just kind of biding my time. Now, it's not the funnest to have a 270-plus-pound guy laying on top of you, and, you know, you, you, your breathing is a little labored. you got to try to stay calm through the chaos. Um, it's not the funnest thing to be a part of, but I just figured that was going to be the, the path to victory in that moment. Yeah, and, again, you've, you've established that you're pretty comfortable in that. Did you – was there a time where you were uncomfortable in that, like, uh-oh? No, not really. I mean, he, he tried to go for a Camaro once, like uh, basically the trigger wing, as you called it. Um, <laughs> oh, you saw he, my excellent analysis of that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, you know, the, the arm behind the back, I, I mean, he, he wasn't really close to that. That's where I kind of reversed it. Um, he tried to put me in like a head and arm choke when he was kind of in mount, but he didn't really have that either. So, no, I mean, I wasn't really uncomfortable at all. And like I talked about yesterday, uh, you know, it helped because his corner, so he, he did a great job of dragging me to his corner. Yeah. So, like, the, the whole so time, his corner is giving instructions. Well, I can hear the instructions as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to counter those instructions. But then his corner's like, he's getting tired, he's getting tired. I'm like, hey, man, I can uh, I can literally lay here with you on top of me. I'm fine. I you mean, fine. I do sit-ups. I, I got core. I, I can use it, yeah. you know. I can engage it. Me too. Yeah, I uh, see. Three hours every day. I like it, man. Uh, the... The, I thought you might have been a little fatigued after round one, to be honest. Yeah. Concerned about you in round one. Okay. Uh, and then I saw the blood. Uh, the blood didn't concern me that much, but I was like, I don't know, man. This guy's a big, because he's not just like a sloppy big guy. Like, yeah, he's yeah. He's a big, strong guy. Yeah, yeah. Tell. And yeah. when he picked you up that far, I was like, whoa. Oh, this yeah. This guy's got some severe, like, 
sincere power. Yes, he did. Yep. Did, did I see, actually, did they say in the broadcast that he actually had some tryouts with some NFL teams as yeah, well? Yeah, so, so I didn't know that part, honestly, yeah. until, until I rewatched the broadcast. Uh, supposedly, I think he wrestled at VMI, uh, the Virginia Military Institution, yeah, okay. home of Ben Wallace, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, so so he's, he's a D1 wrestler. Uh, and, you know, credit to Juan. I mean, he's athletic, um, obviously a very, very big dude. He, he had to cut weight to, to make 265. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when you weigh that much and when you play that kind of game, it comes with consequences. Yeah, and yeah. the consequences were gassing yourself out towards the later rounds. What do you figure he fought at? Because 265, then he ate a couple of, like, oh, yeah. cold turkeys. Uh, <laughs> realistically, I would probably put him at 275. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, right, he right, actually right felt there. like he was even more than that. But, yeah. again, it was different. He's like a strong 275. Yeah. Uh, one of the other guys from like a month ago or from five fights ago to me it was kind of like a sloppier sure, 275, sure. Yeah, 280, yeah. if you will. Yep. I wouldn't say that to his face, but I could no, say No, for sure. You could say it here. We're, you. We're, yeah, we're, we're Especially. okay. We're okay. Um, but anyway, so at the first round, I was a little concerned. Yeah. Uh, then I, but then you had the reversal in round two. Yes. And I was like, ah, that's pretty good. Underhook. Like, yeah, the underhook. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But that was a big moment. Yeah. Because he didn't lean on you for like three, four minutes in that round. That gave yeah. you a breather to get up. And every time you got up, you actually got a couple of shots in. Yeah. And and like they were they weren't like knockout blows, but you could tell they so, did some damage. So when when you find yourself on your back, kind of the, the general rule of thumb, if a guy outweighs you, you wait for that guy to try to you know put you away or put a submission on you because that's when the openings are. Well, he did it. I mean, you know, I don't know if it was the game plan or not, but he didn't really do anything in terms of landing strikes. Um, or landing submissions. So it was a lot of just kind of waiting for him to make a move, which he never really made in the first round. The second round, he tried to go for that Kimura and try to start landing some shots. So I got the underhook then and was able to reverse it. And then I got some shots of my own. Him being the bigger guy, you know, watching that film back, I probably should have locked the leg a little bit, maybe maintain top pressure. But if it's me and we're being honest, I like to stand up you and bang, stand You know up. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yep. by the way, he didn't want to. I mean, that's no, where you were the most dangerous. Yeah. And you got better shots in. Like, his yeah. punches weren't really – well, he got a pretty good – I think maybe it was back in the first round. Yeah. Maybe he hit you or something. But, but. That's, uh, that's what we didn't really anticipate. But, I mean, you know, we had a great game plan. But we actually anticipated him to come out and strike a little more because in, in his past UFC fights, um, he, he did come out and try to establish his jab and did come out and try to establish uh, a striking game. He didn't really do that in this fight. Yeah, so, and then... Uh Third round was a little bit more late, but you didn't, you weren't on, so on third, your back as much in the third round either. I think you got up because they, was that where he stalled? Was that round Yeah, maybe? yeah. So, so he stalled, and then um, we kind of went back to the cage, and I pushed him off, and then that, it ended with, with like the, the, yeah, the trades. Yeah, So that, to me, was the turning point of the fight, and, and that moment is when I knew I had the fight won. Because you look like you got some swag right there. Yeah, I, I kind of got some energy a little bit because I mean he landed a good shot. I mean didn't it didn't like really like, dizzy me or anything. But I'm like, oh okay, so now we're fighting. So so now I'm like, all right, we're not resting anymore. I'm back in a fight. This is where I want to be. I landed some shots on him as well. And then we go back to the corner and get ready for the fourth round. And like you said, the the the, the cut man who I had no idea who the guy was. They just kind of assign you a guy. Oh, okay. so he's a complete stranger. He did a great job. I mean, it's a little different because. You know, you have your coach giving you instructions, and you're kind of used to uh, a certain thing. But when you have a cut on your face or, like, you, you have swelling, well, then the cut man's job is to try to fix that. So, like, you, you're, you worry about the cut man on one side, then you have your coach kind of talking about the other things and the game plan on, on your left side. So, you know, I'm just listening to my coach. I'm very calm. I'm trying to get my breath back because that's what we always practice on. So I got my breath back right away. I wasn't panicking. And um, basically, my coach just said the faint uppercut's going to be there. He said just look for that because he's getting tired, he's getting winded, he's going to resort back to what he knows. So if you you know faint uppercut him, 
it's going to be there. What does that mean, by the way? So uh, a feint, basically, a feint would be just be kind of like a, like a little jab step to th make, I think I'm going to throw a punch. Okay. And get a reaction out of it. And then yeah, deliver. Because th that's and all that's feints are. Yep, exactly. Now, the weird thing about that uppercut, though, was the fact that I I've never thrown it like that before. Where uh, I threw a fake cross and then came with an uppercut. We we have never trained that before really? ever at the that gym. That was more instinctual. So so that that was more just kind of being like in a in a flow state because I threw a one two at him. I knew I had him wobbled a little bit. I kind of smiled at him because he's backing up now. Yeah. Usually he's coming at me. He's backing up. So I'm like, oh okay. So now so now you're kind of wobbly. You know y you're ready. Um, and then I kind of minded my time, faint, and then the uppercut. So did it hurt at all with the uppercut? Because like. Like you hit him good, yeah. But there's no like your your arm just stops, like your yeah. hand just. Oh stops. no, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the knuckles are a little bruised, but thankfully my coach does a great job taping the knuckles up. So no, we're right. we're all good there. Because I mean, that was like you could tell like he's a strong guy and he's yeah, got, like, a hard head or everything yeah, yeah. hard because that was like boom, like everything just stopped right yeah, there. But yeah. that's also why you stung him really good. No, for sure. Is that he, your, like, do you think that was like your best punch? The uppercut that you've thrown yet? No, like in, in your career. Oh, my career. Because that oh, was like a stinger, question. man. Like, very few, I don't know, not every time you, you fight, yeah. you land something that's like, whoa. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. did it. That changed. Like, the fight was over. You knew it was about to be over. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't pure like what you see where, okay, knock them out cold. Yeah. But, but see, but it's like when you hit a good golf shot or you hit a home run. Like, uh, I knew I landed. You I knew it. Oh, I knew yeah. it. I mean, it was like hitting a home run right in the sweet spot. I'm like, oh, yeah, because that was, it was kind of on his chin. My last fight I talked about, I landed the uppercut. It was on his forehead. And I didn't know he was actually out because I'm like, oh, I didn't land that just, you know, right in the sweet you. spot. That one I knew it landed pretty good. So you good. want to hit the chin rather than, obviously, oh, yeah. your head, the head's hard. The head is hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah the chin is kind of like where all the nerves and everything are. You yeah. shut that down, you know, your body just goes goes limp. All right, so uh, um, where's the bump box? <laughs> so, so, the, yeah. <laughs> so the, the bump box is at home right now. Um, yeah, I was not expecting that. And then the guy that was giving out the bump box, I guess he's like some huge influencer on Instagram, which obviously I have no idea because I don't have Instagram. But the guy's got like a million followers. I, don't, I still don't know who the dude was. But I was making a big deal about it. I'm like, yeah, cool, bump box. All right. So it, it's basically just like a giant, you know, like an old school type of speaker. All right. Yeah. So and that's what we figured out. It's like yeah. a Bluetoothy kind of thing. And, and the whole nightcap and the best part about, you know, that night, Sunday night, because keep in mind, it's Sunday. So, like, nothing's really popping or anything. But where our hotel was was right by an In-N-Out Burger. Ah. And, and if you recall, after my Greg Hardy fight, um, you know, after I got beat, uh, I went to In-N-Out Burger by myself because I just, uh, dude, I'm going to eat like 10 cheeseburgers and just kind of drown my sorrows. And I told the story where some kids came up to me like, dude, is this you? And it was the video because it was trending yeah. on Twitter because it was a big deal. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, and the kids are like, is this you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I'm just scarfing my face down. So my coach, after the fight, you know, we're taking the, you know, my wraps off and everything, just getting cleaned up. And I'm talking to the commission, making sure, you know, everything's going to have to go to the hospital, which obviously I'm fine. Um, and he's like, hey, what what you get to for dinner? And I'm like, oh. Dude, in and out burger. And this time you're coming with me, man. So um, it, it felt good to make that right, you know, and have in and out burger and a nice positive experience. I saw your fa your Facebook post, too, and you put a picture of the Hardy fight in the end oh, yeah. and then this one. Yeah. And, and even the in and out burger stuff, does it feel like, listen, there's a lot more to go in your career. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a lot more to go in your <clears throat> fighting career. Yeah. Uh, even though we've tried to encourage retirement. But, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, especially my wife. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, was she watching this one, too? No, I don't oh, think good. she did it. She keeps her eyes closed. All right, so, good. Uh, plus, I was at work. But uh, I, I did. I got the sense that this kind of – was this like a full-circle fight for you? It was, a big, it was the biggest fight since the Hardy fight. Yeah. And so just even that, you know, the burger part of it, the, yeah. everything, it's like, you know, the last time you had 
say this big opportunity yeah. was that fight yep and now this is like your next big opportunity years later yeah and by the way like even me who has no idea as i i mean i have no idea what i'm talking about no for sure look at the fight but you can tell how much like i've watched you now i don't know what five six seven fights since sure. we've been doing this yeah as like you can tell how much you've grown as like a fighter yeah yeah you know it's um to, to me, it's about just taking in the moments. You know, when I first started out, because it's, to me, I had that football mentality when I first started my MMA career, where it's like, all right, you know, it's, it's got to be a seven-second play, give everything that you got, and then play next play. And th that's not how fights work, because if you give seven seconds of everything you have, yeah, and you don't yeah. finish the fight, well, now you're going to be in trouble, right? You're going to be gassed out. So, to me, yeah, th it, it did kind of come full circle because we were in an environment that, you know, was against us, obviously. I mean, Juan yeah, Adams fought he's for, he, he's from their number one, number two. He's fought that that promotion a lot, and they, they really like him. Um, I think I was a plus 600 underdog in that, that fight. Much. I had no idea until someone said Why on didn't Twitter. didn't you tell us? Casey, we could have been men. I, I had no idea there was even odds on this fight until someone tweeted me, like, dude, you just netted me so much money. I'm like, <laughs> well... Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I can make that happen. You, you want to give a little squeeze over here, too, while you're at it? But, um, so, you know, I was a huge underdog in that one. Everything was set up for him to win it. And, and yeah, it did kind of come full circle because it was a great performance. Uh, you know, I'm happy with it. Obviously, some things I can clean up on with my grappling. But um, to me, that's what I wanted, though, Brent, I, is I wanted to feel like I was in a fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what it was. And whether it's a fight mentally or a fight physically, it's about overcoming adversity. And, and I had to do a little bit of that. So it was great. But at the end of the day, like, the more fights that I accumulate here and the more I reflect back, like, I post that Hardy picture, you know, one day I'm going to be old and fat sitting on the porch with my grandchildren, and I'm going to be, you know, just thinking about those times, whether they're good or bad, but they're experiences, and they're experiences that will always, you know, stay with me. So uh, I'm thankful for the great ones, and I'm appreciative for the bad ones because I learned from them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's well said. It's yeah. good stuff. Uh, you can tell. I mean, now, now we'll see. I, again, uh, Dana White hasn't called in the last 24 hours, has he? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Not yet. But, but people are reaching out to him on Twitter now, though. Like everyone's trying to make that. it. A, yeah. So yeah. it's um, yeah. We'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. It's it's tracking in a good way. That's it for is. sure. And you it gotta is. you gotta keep going. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the good news is, you know, you got a bump box, yeah. a belt, yeah. and also white fudge covered Oreos, which butt I, cakes, which I tried, by the way. And they're good, aren't they? I, I am not mad at them, I'll and, be honest. And before I'm not Thanksgiving, like, we are feasting. We got, oh, yeah, we got and then we got some burgers like, here. He's usually got to eat all this other stuff. Like, I know, it's, it's really it's, good for him. It's a little pre-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's take a break. We go around the NFL uh, when we come back. We are live at Top Golf. Josh Scobie will join us at 5 o'clock as well. Tuesdays from Top Golf rolls on right after this on ESPN 690. It might make sense to go and hire a college football coach that doesn't have the responsibility of recruiting, the stress level that that brings, where you now could just deal with grown-ass men with full beards and you know you can't BS them around because they'll call you out opposed to the college game. So Ryan Day, Dan Mullen, maybe that's the way to go. That's Keyshawn Johnson. You listen to him in the morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. here on ESPN 690. Keyshawn, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman. You know, uh, that lineup has changed like four different times. <laughs> we have stayed the same. Yeah. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. The, the epitome of, well, Casey's door. Yeah, true. Yeah. I said we. 
Is I it, jumped is, into Casey yet. Oh, okay, I got you. Just, it's actually, just us two, okay. I thought he was included with the family. Yeah, okay. that's true. So but I'm not. Sorry, Casey. Um, yeah, I, I guess not. Like I'm trying to help you out, man. I'm sorry. Appreciate I, you, I man. Never know, I never yeah. know when Casey's going to just, like, walk out the door. Well, well sooner and sooner if I don't, if I get treated yeah. like I'm not part you of the family. Treat them like that. I mean, I mean, I dropped off white fudge them. covered Oreos. I mean, would you rather have white fudge covered Oreos or me say something nice about you? That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. That's a tough debate, isn't it? That's a good no, point. not really. I mean, feed the belly or feed the ego. The sugar takes care of everything. I can feed the ego <laughs> myself. It's, uh, it's Speaking of uh, a little Wednesday edition of Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, uh, coming up. On Wednesday, 6 to 6.30. We won't have a show tomorrow, uh, but Casey will lead into FSU basketball. Nice, man. Uh, so, I see uh, you hustling, Casey. Yeah, that's what I told him today. I love the hustle. Love the hustle. You started it with a laughing emoji, so I didn't know if you were making fun of the hustle. or. Nope, there it is. You know. <laughs> no, no. What's up with that, Brent? You laughing at him? No, I, I mean, he asked me a lot of how many times, like, if we could do shows and this yeah. and that. And so I was kind of just laughing that he was asking a, on a show that we were not even in that day. Yeah. Like, he actually could take Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, where I come from, I think we call it hungry. I think that's what you want. That's what I said, man. I'm, okay. not, I'm not criticizing it. Well, you're laughing, but I... I well, there's other reasons why. I just can't <laughs> say it loud. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I can't say it loud. Okay. But... Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell Casey later why. Okay, but, please uh, do, because now I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, he didn't ask. I was, he didn't ask about the laughing emoji. Okay. He, okay. Uh, he just said, all right, I'll do the show. Yeah. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Only two of us, though, are at Top Golf. That's a good point. Uh, Casey, Josh will be scheduled to join us at 5. Since we have you on the horn, and this might be more of a 5 o'clock topic, but I want to get your thoughts on it, because I'm a little upset. Uh, Shumpert last night. Yeah. When wins yeah. Dancing with the Stars. Uh-huh, yeah. Biggest upset in, in sports entertainment history? Uh, without a doubt, nothing even yeah. holds a candle to it. What yeah. in the world is going on? I made a tweet, yeah. and I pissed off the dancing community, apparently. Because no people, way. Yeah, people were, like, liking my tweet and replying, like, I was voting for Iman. I was like, oh, okay, now yeah. it makes more sense. So, yeah, they didn't like that. But, yeah, uh, against all odds, wins it over Who JoJo Siwa. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, he played for the well, who do you play? He played for the Cavs, I yeah. think. Cavs yeah, and the Knicks. Okay. But like, I just don't know. Like, not a household name. Exactly. So I don't know. Whatever. Not a JoJo Siwa. Not it, not it, even close. Okay. Not, not even. Hey, close. Close. yeah, but you candle. guys said like he was good. So like, did he deserve to win? Yeah, it's not about deserving. It's about popularity. Which still and JoJo Siwa brought that. Yeah, I, I don't know. The whole th it's rigged pretty much is what I'm getting at, and uh, there needs to be a like a full-on investigation into the voting process of Dancing with the Stars. The fix is in, Brent. Is Dancing with the Stars your favorite show? No. I mean, I, I know you're not asking me that. What is your favorite show? Me? Yeah. Squid Game? Um, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of shows. But I do watch that. Well, you watch this one every week. <laughs> yeah, I was well, like not, instead of football. <laughs> no, well, yes, but well, last night I was here listening to football on 104.5 WOKV, and I was watching Dancing with the Stars <laughs> on the TV. So I was multitasking, as they say. But I don't. Well, so the winner there was Amanda, your your fiance, mm -hmm. because I wasn't home. Yes. Oh wow. Well, okay. because last time she got mad at you while you were watching Dancing with the Stars, no, didn't she? No, I was no, watching that was, Adele. That was Adele, no. Brent. Oh, that was Brent, Adele. Come on, that was Adele. I can't keep up with all these. I mean, she just like, dropped a new album, by the way. These, these 
female-driven shows you watch. Brenda, the, <laughs> uh, Bre uh, the female-driven show. Listen, I, I'm culture. Oprah and Adele hanging yeah. out. Hey, listen, we're going to target the audience for Adele with Dancing with I'll the Stars. I'll tell you what, man. Let's go after 24-year-old <laughs> Casey. Casey, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> like, if you keep up this who hard does work. That? I think you, you you can have a roster spot at the WAP in no time, man. I know. Hey. All right. What's your what's what's the demographic for Dancing with the Stars in Adele? Like, WAP what are they showing the in commercials? WAP is the demographic. I'm not gonna lie to you. It is a lot of makeup commercials. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that's it. and it should be. So and, I just kind of scroll through, through Twitter that. and see what the people are saying, and then uh, I come back. You know? Maybe it's Maybelline, you know. <laughs> A lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Hit Revlon. Revlon. How many makeup talking. spots could you... I, I can only name Mac because that's what I use on TV. Is makeup commercials? I know. They've never okay. seen my commercials. Oh, yeah, that's you do use Mac. Yeah. Is that, that's like I a haven't really used makeup in a while, though. Oh, you're lying. No, seriously, um, I haven't. Yeah, you're, you're lying to yourself. It's fine. So is, like, is Mac, is that like a global thing? Or is that just more like a Florida? Because I have no idea. I would I'm think sorry. it's a... Uh, yeah, okay. I think it's, it's, it's in all like popular. the... It's a big, big okay. Yeah. Okay. It's got its own like stores, like usually in like town center. Like it has one in town. Yeah, center. yeah, that's what I know. Um, but I think it's also like in, uh, you know, like if you go to, whether around here it would be Dillard's or yeah. Macy's or something, yeah. they have like the makeup department. Yeah. And I think it's in there too. So did you ask a girl to get your correct tone? Uh, or did you dress like an employee? It might have been a dude. I don't know. Uh, yeah, at yeah. one time, but now I know it. So now and I know what I'm looking your, for. Your your type is. Uh. N25, I think it is. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what the hell it is. Oh, I know. I, 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 know that's I, I, my shade. I feel it would be like, you know, Auburn Sunset or something. <laughs> N25? I actually should come You're up just with going like to Battle of the Sunsets How shade. fun is that? Because I feel like lipstick has their own shades, right? You, when you go to Mac, hey, I'll take the N25, please. That Two is a shade. Yeah. Well, one N25? of them is expensive. Does someone come up to you and hey, dude, you wear an N25 today? Yeah, I am. I actually should have. I, I bet break. I have my bag, but I don't have my bag with me. So It takes all the fun out of it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, but I have gone in there. It's It's been an uncomfortable trip to the store on, on occasion. Do you, do you bring uh, Hall Fame stuff? No. Oh, see, I, I'd have to bring my wife just to kind of ease I that role a little bit. I guarantee you. This is like without question. Like, there is no debate. Mm -hmm. I wear more makeup in the last 20 years than Steph. Hmm. But I mean, you're you have to be on camera though. I, like, I mean, but Steph's so, like, like not a makeup. She don't and, wear makeup, and that's awesome. And I respect that hustle because I, I think a little too much makeup. I mean, that's just my opinion. If you yeah. can do whatever you want, but yeah, you gotta be careful. With yeah, that. It, it can you take it a little too far. Um, but anyway, Casey, big makeup. Casey, guy? I don't know how we got from Dancing on the Star, Dancing with the Stars, and and Adele love for you. Yep. Watching these female-driven shows to me and makeup. Yeah, uh, by the way, to answer your question, Austin, Amanda doesn't wear makeup either, so that's kind of ironic. Really? Yeah, not that's at awesome. all. That's awesome. Well, so, I respect that. Well, maybe they're reaching Casey then with the Revlon and, and maybe it's Maybelline and, and <laughs> Mac commercials. It's hey, hey, home. Well, I mean, he, he's streaming, you is, know. Is there another sports show that can identify three different types of makeup? N45 you were, right? That's N25. N25, okay. Yes. I'm going to keep that in mind for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I got Actually, you. Actually, get me the makeup brush because those <laughs> damn things are like 45 bucks. What, 45 bucks are makeup Oh, really? my gosh. The so, makeup is, is ridiculous. Is it like real horse hair you're doing there? Like real? <laughs> I'm telling you, go to a makeup store. Real Arabian horses? Just for the fun of it. Yeah. No, and, I'm, I'm and, fine. And I'm go buy like a brush or some stupid thing that you got to use. I'm all set. And it's crazy expensive. I I'm all set. Last I don't time. know, man. Your eye could use a little makeup. Well, I, it, it sure could. Yeah, that's not a bad point. 
right. Uh, where are we going with this? Where, should we take a break? No, let's go. Let's get our first topic, and then we'll take a break. <laughs> How about around the NFL before Scobie comes in? Let's get it. Okay, only one of them, so all right, we can do that. Well, oh. then we'll, we'll do more at the other, on the other side of the break. I like it. Was the Steelers and the Chiefs the game of the – or Steelers and the Chargers, can't read. Was that the game of the year so far? Uh, that's a good call, yeah. I watched this, yeah. by the way. Yeah. That was a good game. Uh, that's a really good call. Like, we really haven't had that – now, keep in mind, it, this is a debatable topic and because in the first, like, seven weeks of the season, I think they set a record with more games being determined yeah. in overtime or the last, like, minute or two minutes than ever before through, like, seven or eight weeks. So there's been a lot of close games. Yeah. But from a memorable standpoint, I mean, the Steelers scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then – so for and the Chargers to go back and forth and come back and win it, I mean, yeah, I think you're probably right. It was most memorable in the last couple of days, but it might be the most memorable of the season. I would say, though, don't sleep on the first one of the year. Tampa and Dallas was really good. Yeah, Remember that see, Thursday night game? The, yeah, yeah, you're right. That was a really good game. Was That, that was an overtime, though. That came down to... I don't think that was overtime. No, I don't think but it was. But no, but it was... Yeah, I remember that one, though. High, 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 it was a high-scoring affair. Yeah, it was, or it might have been like a 29-27 game. Was okay. that, that sound right? Maybe it was 39-30. I mean, to me, what, what makes a great game is, you know, when, when the momentum changes. And when watching that Steelers-Chargers game, I mean, the momentum went back and forth. You know, I mean, all of a sudden the Steelers' defense creates a couple of plays. It's like, oh, this is their game to win now. And then Big Ben makes a mistake. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say it's probably, in my recollection so far this season, probably the best game I watched. That's a really interesting question, though, Casey, because... You know, it had a level of improbability. It looked yeah. like the Steelers were getting run Jags out. Jags Bills was, you know, I mean, <laughs> a defensive juggernaut battle. Like, but. to be honest with you, one of the entertaining games from a back and forth and what's going to happen and two kicks in the last of over 50 yards in the last four minutes, which had never happened in, in history yeah. of the game and, and the fourth and eight play and the defensive stop. I mean, the, the Dolphins and Jags game was highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't extremely well played. It didn't no, feel like you no, know you weren't. You knew you weren't watching two high-level teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But seriously, like the Steelers aren't a high-level team right now either, and I'm not even sure how high-level the Chargers are. But mm-hmm. it feels like those teams are so much better yeah, at the I mean, entertainment value. But if you look at the entertainment value of that Dolphins game, like even from the outside looking in, and it was a morning game, so a yeah. lot of people got to see it. I mean, that had. I mean, if you want a game to come yeah. down with a lot of ebbs and flows, that had it. But but I just think if you put both those games in the primetime slot, you know, in terms yeah, of absolutely. entertainment, I mean, it's got to be the Steelers Chargers. Yeah, well, oh, by the way, I'm not I'm not debating that it was like it rivals it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying it should go. But I'm just saying the Jags have played one really entertaining game. True. Yeah. Uh, in, in that spot, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of another game. Of course, we don't sit there and watch a lot of games on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But there have been a lot of good primetime games this year. 41 total points in the fourth quarter, by the way. I wonder I wonder if people would agree with that. I'm going to put it out there. Let's uh, take a break. Yeah, because your last Twitter post wasn't great. Should we fire Casey? That was the, yeah, that, that's the post. Yeah, uh, I'll trump that. I, I had to leave that out there a while. But uh, Dancing with the Stars talk each every Tuesday from Top Golf is not really what I had in mind. Well, it's a lot better than uh, that coach show with the soccer thing. Whatever I, I forgot the name. Oh, Ted Lasso. There we oh. go. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> Whatever there gets the go. people involved. By the way, we also know who definitely will not be the coach of the Florida Gators. Might want to refresh your Twitter on who's new and rich and has a 10-year yes, contract. James Franklin, who people thought I was crazy about for is, even suggesting that is going the to Gators Florida? should get him. No, he's not going to be. He's oh, staying at Penn, Penn State, State. Yeah. until 2031. Wow. Got a big deal. Okay, good for him. Um, all right, we'll be back. Tuesdays from Top Golf. More around the NFL we go when we come back.
Well, they're never going to give it to a to a running back because you know it's a quarterback award. So I don't know why we call it the MVP. Just call it the you know the the guys that everybody likes best at quarterback. Aaron Donald to me was the MVP a couple times and never got the nod. But yes, he is playing the best in the NFL as a player. This kid is he is on fire. And I and, and let's give some credit to the offensive line, but also the creativity in the run game for the Indianapolis Colts. They have continued to grow throughout the season. But Jonathan Taylor, you know, I play with Edron James, who's who's in the Hall of Fame, and their games are similar in the fact they are both patient runners and they're both extremely balanced in their ability. All the talk about Jonathan Taylor right now and there should be. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, do you know who that was? The audio? Uh, That was uh, Jeff Saturday. Dang it. Yeah, I was just saying. That's what I think it was at least. I don't know. (laughs) He told you before. No, he didn't. Oh. No. Yeah, I think that was Jeff Saturday. Okay, I'm trying to get a point. Was it Jeff Saturday, Casey? It was Jeff Saturday, yeah. Um, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Tuesdays at Top Golf. You know what I like about this time of year at Top Golf? You got the heaters coming off the ceiling. Yep. And it was getting chilly. Like it's a good feeling. It changed from like 3 to 345. It yeah. got a little chillier. And and now the heaters are here, and I like it. It kind of feels good. Wait till that sun starts going down a little bit there, Brent. I know. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, uh, I just saw some signs as I went over walking through the building a little bit. And uh, $25 of free play with a $100 gift card purchase. Okay. Uh, this week. Okay. Up until the 29th. So I think that's through next Monday. Uh, so this Thanksgiving week, get a little extra for buying gift cards, which is not a bad idea for Christmas presents and things like that here at Top Golf. Good so stocking stuff right there. Absolutely. I, I bought many a gift card here at Top Golf for either Christmas or like our Dream 18 golf tournament. So uh, come on by, do that, look that up here at Top Golf, or just come on by each and every Tuesday and say hello to us from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Steven says hello right now. He's on the line. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Happy Thanksgiving week, Steven. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And Austin, congrats on your fight. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Uh, my main thing is... Uh, with all the rumors going around, I pretty much expect, like, a whole overhaul on this offensive staff because, I mean, it's just embarrassing, especially when, uh, like Brent said, this Atlanta Falcons team sucks. And now it's just like, are we even going to put up a fight against them, against a team who's only scored three points in two weeks? And, you know, Atlanta fans, if you've been waiting for that breakout game for Pitt, uh, our track record against <laughs> tight ends is you're probably going to see it. Uh, It's just embarrassing to see what's going on because, I mean, uh, Joe Cullen is everything Austin said. uh, Coach-wise, in my opinion, you know, to after the bye week, sit back, take a look at the defense, saying I can't run what I originally wanted to, but I'm going to adjust to my players and I'm going to make it work. And he has. Daryl Bevel, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he has. I don't see any changes. I've seen regression. So I, I pretty much expect a whole offensive staff overhaul by next year. All right, Stephen, appreciate it, man. Have a good Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm not convinced of that. First of all, there's seven games to change what you think. We're all on the heels of a terrible performance, and really the last month has been so bad. But the ebbs and flows of how we all feel, this it's an emotional tie to the NFL, uh, I think could change in seven games. It might not. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't, then you're probably looking at a lot of changes. But you also got to be a little careful with the newness and the rookie and, and everything else, uh, I think, uh, to, to consider too many changes. We will see.
Uh, you, we came in with a Jonathan Taylor sound bite, uh, Casey. Are you getting at, is Jonathan Taylor the MVP right now? Is that one of your questions? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, I, th I think he is. Like, yeah. I think we're trying to make a case for guys like Brady, and we're trying to make a case for Lamar Jackson and Kyla Murray. Mm -hmm. Well, Lamar's missed games. Kyla Murray's missed games. Russell Wilson was on a path, missed games. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had that kind of year, has he? I don't think so. No. Matthew Stafford was on fire. Well, look at his last couple weeks. Yep. MVP candidates don't have two weeks like that, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has even cooled a little oh, bit, although Brent, Brady's still probably on, the front it's Tom runner. Brady now. We all know it's Tom Brady. But can you give it to her? I mean, Jonathan Taylor's the best player in the NFL right now and the most impactful player in the NFL right now. Yes, I, I would agree with that for sure. But, um, you know, alluding to what we opened, uh, you know, this segment with, I mean, it is a quarterback-driven award. And, you know, I, I think storylines are a big thing as well. Um, and I think, you know, there's no bigger storyline than Tom Brady being as old as he is still doing the dang thing. So, I mean, obviously he has to stay healthy and that whole thing has to take place. But... I just have a hard time believing if it's a running back besides Derrick Henry with a full healthy season. I have a hard time believing that a running back or a wide receiver could win it. Uh, Casey, go ahead. What else you got? Uh, Chiefs, all of a sudden, four in a row. Were they just an early season slump, or what? what's the situation? Because it appears like everything's fine now. Yeah, I don't know if everything's fine. I mean, they did it one week on offense, <laughs> yeah. and then they did it on defense last week. And I don't know what to make of anybody. Like, careful of your trends, right? I mean, what's the trend? The trend right now is the Colts. I don't know who's good and who's bad anymore. I don't either. I mean, the Colts actually have something that I can rely on each and every week. Jonathan Taylor is unbelievable. True. But even his, the pace he's on, I just don't know if he can keep it up. Yeah. He might just be in a hot streak. So I don't know who the Bills are. I don't know who the Cowboys are. I don't know who the, the, the Niners are. Titans. I don't know who the Titans are. I don't know really who the Bucks are. Because they've had a bad few weeks leading up to this game, which was kind of just handed to them, in my opinion. Yeah. Green uh, Bay can, you know. Yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay wins, though. I, I think Green Bay is like a – they find ways to win. I know they didn't this past week. But yeah. they win a lot of football games yeah. with Aaron Rodgers in there. So, it's I, like don't, I would say no. I don't still – I'm not – I'm going to put a lot of money on the Chiefs. I, I, I think I still am because if they can get a, a decent defensive performance if they're against Dallas and – well, it's like I've always been saying. Like, if Tyreek Hill – Travis Kelsey, they can all stay healthy. They're too good not to be successful. And obviously, Patrick Holmes, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Uh, all right, football at five coming up. Maybe some more topics. Case, Casey, hold on to them. Plus, I just saw something on James Franklin's new contract. Okay. It's amazing. I it's need a lot agents of zeros. like this. It's a lot of zeros. Right? It's a lot of zeros and a lot of interesting ways to get more zeros. Okay. So I'll take you through the contract. When we come back, we're live at Top Golf. Tuesdays at Top Golf. I just heard from Scobie. Apparently, he forgot to tell us for a second week in a row he's not coming today. Oh, is he's not here in again? Dallas. For what? Uh, Family. I Thanksgiving. Oh, sure. All right. So there we go. Okay. Sorry, Scobie. I brought you cookies, bunt cakes. Oh yeah, he's and, missing out and, the bunt cakes. And, well, awesome ones are going to give up those free-range hot buns. No, no, these, uh, these are mine now. Yes. We'll be back. Action Sports on ESPN 690.